johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. All right, folks, here we go. Coming to you from Las Vegas, Brian Blessing. Glad to be with you. Another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Inviting you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com. 800-209-1679. The NHL trade deadline's behind us. It's the push to the Stanley Cup playoffs. The All-Star Game in the NBA, that's behind us. The push to the NBA playoffs. March Madness is in the on-deck circle. The road to the Kentucky Derby college hoops oh it's not like we're lacking for things to talk about and opportunities to find on the board and in lieu of that we turn our focus to the boys back east you can't say the one and only because they're two the two and only how's that the two and only john and mike hello boys what's going on what's going on brian another day at the beach my friend what's new and exciting i got two things to start the show off with. here we go Extra games and added games. Okay. This is a this is 
you know, when you're working math algorithms, they don't know what's an extra game. They don't know what an added game is. They just look at data, and that's the best thing about computers. If you're employing computers in your analysis, it's, when you say completely unemotional, it's just there's a line on a game, there's an opportunity, and, and so what we find now is we're getting into a situation where if our models are spitting out extra games or added games because there's less parity in those small schools, we find clients can't get them in. The clients that can get them in are the ones in Las Vegas, the ones that are in New Jersey, the ones that are in Pennsylvania, the ones that are in Mississippi, and other legal local locales. So, so what's the challenge for you then? If, boy, this is a game we love, but if, if the client has a hard time getting down on that, what's the solution? The solution is find a way that you can, and that means if you're, look, if you're dealing with a local guy like it's 1920 in, a, in, a, in 20, almost 2020, and you can just easily get a offshore, or you can get an online account in your various state, if you're in Jersey or in Nevada, take advantage of that. Now, what I wanted to ask you, because I haven't been in each, I haven't really been out there since my shoulder surgery, is, is it, are all the added and extra games pretty much on the border, or am I misspeaking in, in the books? No, they're, on, they're up there. So for you, it's not an issue? No. No, but I, I hear you, man. I mean, that, that's a challenge for you. The one thing uh, with the playing field changing and new jurisdictions popping up, uh, it's an issue today, but I doubt it's an issue in in a few years. Oh, that, that fair? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still trying to figure out why they got extra games and added games and why they just can't all be games. Do you know the answer to that? No. Yeah, I mean, I've got to look into that. That's, uh, that's going to be my homework assignment. Why are they called extra games? And then you have added games and you have extra games. Well, what, did they just decide to play? These schedules were set months ago on all these schools. <laughs> you know, in terms of, I guess, determining which side, if there's going to put up a posted number on the game. But I will say it's been a challenge, especially for Mike. He gets these guys and they're itching, and then they call up and they yell at us like it's our fault that they can't get the game. <laughs> well, Mike, it's always fun being on the front lines. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. I'm like, suddenly I've been going back and forth with a client, and, and just, they just do not understand. All they want to do is bet the same amount on every game, thinking they hit a high percentage, and you can't overcome the VIG doing it that way. And, and they want to bet the Dukes of the world. And, you know, like the whole public was trapped on Duke last night, and we didn't have a play in the game, but, you know, they're like, well, they're, they're just a three-point you know, favorite on the road. But it's a completely different dynamic. The team hasn't played without Zion the whole season. There's no real data that could say this team for this specific line. The line makers didn't even know what to do. And look, Virginia Tech came out on top. So you got to stay away from those top high flyer teams, the top 25, and really get into the small schools where the lines are just simply not as sharp. You know, out of curiosity, and I, I don't know necessarily the right way to ask this i don't i say you know what's the success ratio but maybe more than that is what's the time frame it takes for you when dealing with people to win them over uh in terms of following the advice you're giving well i spent an hour on the phone explaining the program to somebody today an existing member and then the conversation ended with him going, but what do you got tonight that I could bet big on? 
<laughs> it was like I was talking to myself. It was, you know, it was, like, I was, it was just like, I'm, I mean, literally, uh, an analytical, non-emotional, systematic approach to sports betting. Explained it, laid it out to a T. He says, that's all very well and good, but uh, what, do you, what do you like tonight? I need one game I can just get out with. So, I mean, it, it, depending upon the intellect, and when I mean intellect, I don't mean actual smarts. What I mean is the desire of the client to be playing for the right reason. So we always talk about that. We talked about this in past shows. People looking for confirmation of their own opinion as opposed to actually wanting to be successful. You know, you really, when you're dealing with somebody on the phone, have to get to the core fundamentals of why they're actually wagering. They will all claim it's to make money. But I would say 50% it's to be entertained and I, I understand that there's a concept of the entertainment along with the making money. But that flies in the but, face of the thing you say probably more than anything. And you've, you've got your lines and your, your sayings and, and the things you do to prompt people to get hold of you. But the one thing that you say more than anything is treat your betting like a business. Right. I mean, I just sent somebody an actual... I, I sent them our video that we did. It was five years ago. Our 24 minutes betting is a business video. Um, and, you know, believe it or not, it's already been five years since we did that video. And I watched it before I sent it because I didn't want it to be irrelevant. And when I say it stands the test of time, literally nothing that we said five years ago is not applicable today. So what, when you're in the grips and the excitement and you're at work, and it's 2 in the afternoon on the East Coast, and you're, like, checking the lines, and you're looking at it, and you want that one. You know, is that really because you're looking to make long-term money? Or is that really just because you, you love the exhilaration? And I understand when you watch a lot of these, these uh, I don't know what to call them, information documentaries on betting, you know, every, it's all about the exhilaration and the pump and the excitement. But the reality is, is that, again, you know, I'm not getting excited when a game wins. I'm not getting excited when a game loses. Well, you you yeah. win you win or lose the same amount whether you're watching the game and going bananas and having years come off your life watching it. Well, yeah, I mean that's the whole thing is that you know, uh, for me I get the did you see that last play? Did you see how he hit that free throw? Did you see this? Did you see and then I respond no, I didn't cuz I wasn't watching. You weren't watching that. You know, again, unless there's a reason to watch it, i.e. live betting uh, or possible second-half opportunities, but even with the second-half opportunities, we're getting alerted off the Don Best screen at halftime, and we can basically just harvest that data in minutes with our algorithms. And we You know, like, what was the game, Mike, that I didn't play on Saturday? I was kicking myself because it looked so easy at halftime. Yeah, and I yelled in the second half. So I yelled over to him. I said, really, you could mortgage your house on Virginia in the second half. But what happened was my judgment got clouded, Brian, because you're, you're, I'm sure you're familiar with that game. It looked almost too easy. I was, I was, I don't want to use the word scared, but well, it no, was like, and, I and, felt and, like and such it, a square yeah, but, betting Virginia in the second half. And and you know what? And and that's fine. And you say you're kicking yourself. Well, with all the things that are out there, okay. In that instance, yeah, I, maybe it was that easy, but. That's years of experience of having done it where you see something like that. I mean, usually I fade the easy. Right, exactly. I mean, there was something about that that said to you, I, you know, I, 
sometimes the number tells you something or it just it, it looks foreign to the eye or it doesn't fit the things that you've always done or like you said it looked too easy but the, but the reality yeah, is but, but the reality I guess what I'm getting at is the reality okay yeah okay it won that game but if you had that same gut feeling you know five or six times you you may be, end up been right if say you're 50 50 but with the juice you're losing well, for these people that listen to this, it's not about the fact that when I say, you know, I was kicking myself, what, what I mean is that is that the line makers usually overvalue that number one team in the country being down 10 at the half. They overvalue that, and they jacked the lineup, in the, and they didn't. And because they didn't, something seemed fishy to me. Like, I was expecting to, like, have to lay a jacked line. Um, the same thing goes for um, the Portland-Cleveland game on the 25th. The final score was uh, 123 to 110, but it was like a, it was like 70. It was something ridiculous, Brian. It was like, um, it's like it was like uh, I, I can give you the exact score. It was like literally a 40 point halftime blowout. Uh, Portland was on the road at Cleveland, and you know you look at that and you go, they make Cleveland like one and a half in the second half, and you're like, I'm not going to fall for this trap because Cleveland's still Cleveland, and of course. Easy as pie. Cleveland comes in. It was seventy-one to forty-eight at halftime. I don't know if you remember that NBA game. Okay. It was seventy-one to forty-eight at halftime, and Portland was a nine and a half point favorite. And they made Cleveland in the second half like nine. And I said, ah, "This is just, this is ridiculous." There's, you know, you got to lay the nine with Cleveland, which you, you know, you're literally taking a nine-point dog and you're making them a nine-point favorite. It's like a line flip because of the disparity. So you, but you know what? They took care of business. They only lost the game by 13. So they outscored them by like 25 points in the second half, which goes back to you're not going to get the blowouts in college basketball, especially if it happens in the first half like you're going to get in football. We know this with Alabama and college football, letting the other team score and cover in the fourth quarter. I mean, look, if you're up 71-48 to and you're a nine-point favorite on the road, uh, what do you think? They're going to win by 60? <laughs> they're going to pull all their guys. They're going to let Because if you look at the box score, the third quarter, Cleveland outscored them by 19 points, 36-17. to And... The other team didn't care. They had such a big lead to sit on. But, again, you can't use these flat rules. And, again, it goes back to every game has a different edge. Every game has a different line. But I will say that from a betting point of view, guys that are overlooking the second-half wagering, you know, they're leaving a lot of money on the table. I do want to say one thing, though. I've been monitoring because they put it out there, the, uh, they, and they put the lines on, the, you know, the preseason baseball. Yeah. So far, Brian, we're 50% on dogs versus favorites. Right now, bottom of the second, Detroit's at home against the Yankees, plus 130, winning 5-4. to four. Minnesota's at Philadelphia, as we speak, bottom of the fourth, winning 2-1, to one, plus 150. So, I mean, again, you got two favorites winning big. The Nationals right now and the Mets, they're both huge favorites, and they're winning 6-2 to two and 5 nothing respectively. And we're not even in regular season baseball. But the point is, even, in reg- even when they put these lines up in preseason, what it shows you is that, you know, the the money's on the dog side. I've been barking that for, what, 10 years? The money's on the dog side. I'm so excited. Baseball's coming. I can't believe it, Brian. Can you contain him, Mike? Can you can you rein I'm him so in? I'm so excited. I mean, look, I'm excited as well. I mean, there's a we do so much better in baseball because that whole 
allure of Sunday NFL. Everybody's got to play every game on the board. They're showing every game. They all have an opinion on every game. While with baseball, nobody's watching the games. It's like, we, look, it's literally like watching paint dry. If you sit there and watch, unless you're a true fan of the game or you played it your whole life and it's or you're taking your kid to the game, I have no interest in watching baseball. I mean, I literally, through the summer, and especially in years past, between the Euro Cup, between the World Cup, every two years, we have the Champions Cup. Every summer there's a big soccer event that we hammer because, again, we could beat sports when there's no line. Those are the most beatable sports. When we have a money line that we're getting dog value on even both teams and you're not paying VIG on any leg of the soccer match, Throughout the season, it adds up. I mean, uh, John will tell you, I mean, year after year with baseball, we try to stay away from favorites, period. So at the end of the year, when you add it up, the winning percentage will give you a much more favoritism because you're not paying any juice. And at the end of the year, it really adds up. And, and let me tell you, we didn't get, we'll get to the, the breakdown of college basketball and NBA, but... Man, when you look at these numbers, you're going to see why that juice makes such a big difference. Let's put it that way. Well, is it time? You got the, got well, the legal I, I will say this. I'm going to say this. I'll, I'll start with college basketball. This, this, this stat, if somebody's listening and you're a newbie or a longtime sports better, and you think that you're going to do this with an absence of real – computer help. I don't want to say information because information, people say information all the time, Brian. And it's yep. just such a played yep. out term. You know, I'm not going to say information. There's a lot of information to be had for absolutely free. You just go on the internet and you got sites that give you the top most, ten most bettable teams tonight. And you got the public money versus the sharp money, supposedly. And you can get all that stuff for free and you can even get the line moves for free before you have to pay for it in the past. But what no, nobody talks about is the line makers doing a great job. So with all that being said, I say it every week about 50-50. Brian, there has been 4,482. So think about that versus a 16-week NFL, guys. Guys who are listening that love NFL, you're handicapping, what, 16 regular season games, Brian? Bingo. I mean, right? Yeah. Forty. 40- 482 games have been completed as of last night's card, and we're not even in March Madness yet in college basketball. Can you imagine somebody's at home with a paper or their little free websites, and they're trying to beat the book just on that concept alone in terms of quantity and volume? I'm not saying they're betting on every game, but you have to look at the games, so you're looking for which games you're going to actually look at, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Look at the, how much information you have to cover. It's, you're, you're almost 4,500 games, and you, we're not even in the meat of this, the, the games that matter. So what do you think? I'm just for fun of it, because I know you don't do these numbers, and you're completely blind on this. Mike does. I don't even give the numbers to Mike to keep the show spicy. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? What do you both think? The differential is between not who has a higher coverings record. What do you think the difference is between whoever has the higher record in terms of dog versus favorite? I don't care if more dogs are winning. I don't care if more favorites are winning. Just games. Games. 
What do you think the differential in the games, not percentages, just the games is, with such a big sample size of forty-four eighty-two? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna use my call a friend. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Look, man, it's he he's got all the answers, and he's sitting here throwing systems. Take a guess. Him. Take a guess. Take a guess. The, how many games do you think separates? What's the game differential, not the percentage differential, between the whoever's has the lead, dog versus favorite? How many more games? Forget juice, just games. Take a guess. Michael, 46. take a guess. Thank you. He's at, he's at 46. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. You ready? I, I'm... I'm... 2,246 <laughs> dogs have covered in college basketball. I'm going to read, read and say it again. 2246. 2,236 favorites have covered. I'm going to repeat that. Oh, man. Two, two, That's only off by 30. Three, three, <laughs> you are literally talking about 10 games after almost 4,500 games final in the books on the closing number. Can you imagine that, Brian? 10 games. 50.11% to the dogs. It It is. The funny thing is, I mean, the perception is when you watch a game and the, the game falls on the number of the last shot, you know, puts the total over, the last shot covers the side. It's really, let's say, one out of three where right. it's 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 that close, right? But but the perception in people, because it just leaps out and it's seared into people's brain, right? And I think, oh, that happens all the time. I mean, it, it happens a lot, but it's not as much as people would think. Right. And, but the thing is, if somebody thought there was going to be that, you'd think there's a 50-game differential. Like, Mike, right. I, I get it. You know, you think there's a 10% differential. So if there's been 4,000 games, maybe there's a 40-game differential. It's 10 games. When you flip that to the sides, I'm not going to bore you with the let's take a guess. 51% edge to the under mm-hmm. in college basketball. 2,372 games have gone under. 2,203 games have gone over. And I, and I would say this to you, bud. I mean, the other thing that's about to happen, where the menu is trimmed down as teams are eliminated and, and their seasons end, and you get to championship week, then you get to March Madness and the NIT and the CBI, but as the games get trimmed down. But these games are more prominent, and people are paying attention more and more, and they're going to see some of the mid-majors or even smaller schools because they pop on TV. But as the menu gets trimmed down, rest assured, the numbers become even tighter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, when you look at this with the totals, it goes from 50.1% to 51%. But because of the amount of games difference, the difference between the, 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 the over and on, the difference between the the unders and the overs, it's a 160-game swath. So my point is, I mean, look at the difference. You've got 10 games, 
and then you have a little bit of a difference where there's a little bit of an edge to the under. And I'm assuming that i got to break down the second-half numbers, that a lot of those unders, that 169 games, probably were good overs in the second half. Probably, you know, these teams come out of the gate like like running racehorses down the stretch, and then they, then they, then they get left in the dust and they finish last. You know, tired legs, I think, will cause the games to go under where – I got to look at the math, but there's probably more overs as a whole in the first half because everybody's got fresh legs. And Mike, the other thing that comes into play, you know, and John rattles off these numbers every week, and it's if you want to use it like it's a foundation or a starting point, uh, you know, and to have all those numbers, uh, to have opinions, uh, to have power rankings, to try to get between the ears of what are the odds makers thinking with a halftime number. Uh, at the end of the day, it's it's a Rubik's cube. But there are so many variables that come into play, and one of the most important. And you can have have all the models you want, right? But there, there still comes a human touch to it from the odds maker's perspective, and on the other side of the counter, where you could recall, I, I there, here's a scenario that I recall that is so eerily similar to this one, even though every game's unique. But the the human flair can't be discounted. Well, I mean, with college basketball, I do believe halftime wagering is is beatable. With NFL, it's pretty predictable. You know, you get that three, you get that seven. If you get anything better than seven, you probably take it because that field goal touchdown pretty much comes down to it in the second half. With college basketball, like you said, the human element, if you're watching the game, and for particular, and again, with Virginia, we just literally didn't press on it. it. It was more of, a gut feeling that we just didn't take it, but the human element is, look, Virginia's the much better team. They're going to come back more times than not. I mean, the team's won so many games this year, and you could tell there was a couple guys in foul trouble in the first half. It was clearly they just didn't have their full rotation out there for the half, and, and the other team just put it all out there. And then the better team usually prevails, and you could get a cheap second-half number in college basketball where, look, in NBA – you don't, the leads never hold up. But in college basketball, if a team's up by eight, you know, consistently, you're not going to get 30, 40 point comebacks like you do in the NBA, which is pretty much consistent. I see it almost every night. Teams down 20 in the first quarter. By midway through the fourth, they're tied up. Where in college basketball, it stays consistent. If the better team is ahead at half, they'll press it and they'll, they'll win the game. But if a team that's, you know, the not-that-good team is at home and they're just playing for their fans and they're putting it all out there in the first half and they're you know, up by a, you know, a bucket or two at halftime, usually they die out by second half. So you could, There's so many spots on the board. Remember, there's much less NBA games per night than college basketball. So just the value of having more games and more opportunities gives you that added edge where teams like Siena, teams like you know, uh, Fordham, you know, you wouldn't know a standard player that's on the East Coast does not know about these West Coast teams whatsoever that are these small schools. But when you find value across the board, you can find those little soft spots that you could uh, take advantage of. Well, regarding NBA and college, just some more numbers. There's a difference of 3,572 games, Brian. So you're talking right now, you've had 44, 82 college basketball games or final. 
you've had exactly 910 NBA games go final. So just the, the amount of, just like I said, sheer data in college basketball could be overwhelming to somebody that's home, unless what they're doing is they're isolating their handicapping to the top 25. The bad part about that is if you're listening at home or in your car or on the radio or uh, from the website, if you're listening and you're analyzing the top 25 or attempting the what I call handicap the top 25 game, that's where you get the least value. That's the hardest. Those are the hardest games to play. So you're either looking at all the small stuff and you're you're talking about top 25. Think about how many teams there are. There's like 353 individual betting teams. We're talking about less than 10% of the teams when you say top 25. You see what I'm saying, Brian? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the other thing I would say, but sportsinsiderradio.com, uh, check it out, 800-209-1679. Uh, the one thing I, I would say to you that, uh, again, numbers are numbers, and they're generally made uh, with past experience, algorithms, and all the things that come into play. Uh, but there are other things that are going to be occurring pretty soon, fellas, and that's senior night, uh, then you're going to get the conference tournaments and the beginning of, of the NCAA tournament where not only does the menu get whittled down, but the rosters get whittled down, where as the games are going to get tougher, uh, there are going to be guys in those first couple of games maybe that get an opportunity, and that's their swan song. And that's when the backdoor cover for a little for a little dog against a big school comes into play because some of these other guys are getting a shot to play, but the other team's going to leave their starters in, and, and they're all about keeping it respectable. Well, I mean, look, conference tournaments come, neutral courts play no effect, the travel matters. I mean, look, we talk about it every year, and we clean up during March Madness because we take advantage of that. Certain schools, based on the geographic location of the conference tournament, also, when we get to the main tournament, the geographic location of the divisional round um, matters. And certain schools travel much better, and it's pretty much a home game. So that's, you have to play that element when it's a neutral court. Now, in the beginning of the season when they play these tournaments in Maui, and you know that's different. It's the beginning of the year. Coaches don't even know their rotation. There's not really a clear edge on a neutral court that early in the season, but when it comes down to conference tournaments where they're playing in Madison Square Garden, um, you know, which team will travel better? And, again, when I talk about the main tournament, I'm not just talking about the main, you know, the NIT, the CBI. Those tournaments you could still find a lot of value in just because it's not the March Madness that's on CBS and the main, you know, main attraction you could find a lot of value in the NIT as we did last year and, and in years past. It's a great time here, and and think about all this we just talked about. It is it, just focused on on hoops, and you know, John briefly had the pom poms out and was shooting fireworks off. But with the spring training games that are up and running, and uh, it, it's all about the start of the season and finding those dog opportunities. John, you start looking season win totals come out, props come out. Uh, when one ends, another starts. I know, I know John was tracking uh, the Tigers um, getting 124, and their home stadium in Florida, they're up 10-4 in the bottom of the third. And the total was 10-under. That's another thing, guys. Don't, don't bet the unders in preseason. If you have to bet, look, I'm not condoning betting preseason, but, I mean, take a shot with the overs. It's not like they're sitting there, like, worrying about going, 
playing 16 innings in a game that has to have a final. I mean, come on. Let's just, they're just out there. They're, 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 they're warming up, literally. They're warming up, Brian. Mm-hmm. They're warming up. But here's the other thing. Let's not forget English Premier League. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget Southampton, Fulham. Let's not forget Bournemouth, Arsenal. I can't even say these names. Uh, but I like hearing you try. Totten, Tottenham, Chelsea, Watford, Liverpool, Manchester, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Man City. They all start today at 11.45 and 12 noon in Las Vegas. So, you know, for the West Coast guys, for guys like you, Brian, it's great. You get, you get afternoon action. You guys love your soccer. You love your soccer. And, and, and I'm assuming, right, that, that um, Michael, you'd be the guy. Um, I'm assuming there'll be some big summer summer events coming up on the soccer front on the pitch as it were yeah on the pitch that's right brian i like that you're you're definitely growing wow we, we, we you become a football fan a football uh, well it's funny because my my friends you know uh they make fun of me they say i play football on saturday mornings and i play football on monday nights so i have the whole rotation and but no but with there's always big tournaments um that's the international tournament it's not clubs Right now, they have the club tournament, which is every year the Champions League. And then, see, the difference with soccer, it's not like your standard NFL or... Come on, but come on you can brag about that draw that you had this weekend. <laughs> that, was, that was on Sunday. But we're, we're already you, you know what a draw is, Brian. You're betting for the team to be tied. Yes, John. You get paid handsomely. And, and you, get, you, get paid, you get paid very handsomely for that. Well, I you mean, know what? It's not... Here's the thing. To be fair, on that particular game, when teams are closely matched, you don't get a great number like a plus 800 when a favorite that's a clear favorite draws. When the teams are evenly matched, the draw may only be as good as the dog price. So it's they make these lines still pretty tough, but you could find, I mean, there's certain opportunities where you could actually hedge the draw with one of the sides if, if the number is right. But... Um, with these teams specifically, see the advantage that you have with soccer that you don't get with these other sports is these teams travel and they play in a different league over the weekend, and then they go back and they play in their actual, you know, they play in the Champions League, which is the the tournament of tournaments where the the best club teams all across the world play each other for the who is the best club team in the world, kind of like the World Cup but international teams. But then they go back to their perspective leagues and they go back to league play so certain players just don't play that much because they need a break certain players play international because they're that good so they they take off and literally game to game you don't know which players are fatigued or are rested and it matters when you play so many games which players are out there so you can find a lot of value especially in soccer because there's so much of it i mean there's there's nine, right now, nine big leagues going on simultaneously, aside from the Champions League and aside from international play. I can go on and on about all the leagues, but the bottom line is, you know, we have a few plays in the English Premier League today. Um, that's what's been our catalyst uh, for the last month or so. So we're looking forward to keep it rolling because it doesn't stop. It's year-round. It's not like the NFL where it's five months and then it's over from preseason to Super Bowl. This goes on 365 days a year. How about the numbers, guys, in terms of, in John, we do the numbers, uh, football and hoops, and we document how sharp they are. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel the, the job is done on the soccer front? 
I mean, it's, it, if the client, again, can get the line and has interest, that you know, it's almost harder to get them to be interested in something that, you know, the, oh, I don't know anything about that. Again, that's not why we're doing this. We're doing this to actually make a profit. So, you know, th- th- that's the bottom line. I mean, you know, a lot of people, again, take issue with thinking that their knowledge of the sport has something to do with the success of what we're doing over here on this side. So, uh, you know, you have to cram this information into people that are sports gamblers. What I would say is a sports investor, and meaning somebody that never wagered on sports before, it's just they're looking to make money. They're, they're easy. I mean, they're, they're, they just go with the flow. It's just like buying stocks and trading stocks. The other, the fans are the ones that you have to like basically coordinate and try to get them to understand it. We know you love football. We know you don't really like baseball, but you know we like money. So again, you know, I, I pound. The, I had a, uh, somebody tell me the other day they listen to like five archive radio shows and they go, "Man, the judge is pounding the table on money management." Yeah, because again, that's the only really thing that matters. And I think the guys that get caught uh, in a pickle, so to speak, are the. Are the the, the betters that were betting on credit for years in states where it's now legal, and now they they, they want to play the same way. Like I had a guy yesterday, you know, he called me. He's like, eh, I'm looking for some help, and how, he lives in he's in Mississippi. Well, how'd you do? You know, I lost fifteen hundred on game X Y Z. Oh man, how much did you take with you? Because well, what? How big's your bankroll, sir? Uh, well, I'm working with two thousand. Well, how much? You, so you're only working with five hundred now? Can you imagine that, Brian? You walk in. You got two thousand. You bet fifteen hundred because you just like a game. You just blew seventy five percent of your liquidity on one game, and you think you're going to stay in the game? <laughs> so now I'm telling the guy, look, you're not going to win the money back as quick as you lost it because you had no business betting that big to begin with. He didn't want to hear that. He didn't want to hear that. He wanted to hear, "Can you give me a three teamer?" Yeah, I can give you a three teamer, but I'd recommend doing it for fun maybe 25 50 bucks well that's not gonna so again it becomes a vicious circle a vicious circle i don't know when you want to take the break but after the break i'm going to give you the nba stats yeah let's there take we, a time out go. how about that you're, right. you're reading my mind i'm proud of you there kid. you go all right john and mike at sportsinsiderradio.com the number to call is 800-209-1679 800-209-1679 sportsinsiderradio.com we're heading door to the top of the hour we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com, get our top consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. Johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. 
That's 1-888-201-4201, direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. with you here sports insider radio let's get it right back to the fellas you were it was a nice tease going to the break what do you got in store for us now i got my pen and paper right in front of me i'm ready all right have at it my friend so the nba you know again totals 50.7 percent 459 to 445 on the over on that 910 completed games. And on the spread, 52%, which is really, again, the margin is 11 games. So it's funny. In college basketball, you have almost 5,000 games. In the NBA, you have less than 1,000 games. One sport, you have a 10-game differential, 2246 to 2236. The other sport, you have 11-game differential, 456 to 445, and nine pushes to the over, to the favorite. Excuse me, to the favorite. So you got the dogs with the lead in college basketball, and you got the favorites with the big 11-game lead after 900 games. So again, what's interesting on both sports is not also the spreads; it's that when you take away the 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 spread, and it goes to show you what a great equalizer the spread is. When you take away the spread, you're talking at 70, 75% on both on the favorites winning outright. So if you know, if you were just betting everything on the money line, it's, it runs, it's, it's opposite of what happens in college in baseball and in hockey. Favorites, which are money line sports like hockey and baseball, they don't win 75% of the time. If they did, everybody would be betting the favorites. They win about 50% of the time. But when you introduce the spread, the, the spread is what makes it 50%, and the money line is inflated up. To, now, obviously, you're not going to make money betting all the favorites because of how big the prices are, but the point is is that you do have an edge. If you're a money line parlay guy and you want to get little fun, you're not going to get – this is what happens. You're not going to get the edge. Money line parlaying dogs for the big score. I'm going to repeat that. You're not going to get the edge – my, the the data shows you the edge is seven out of ten favorites win outright. The line equalizes that to about fifty percent on covering the spread. So if you're just looking to play these parlays and reduce your risk, you can put in. You're better off. Most people do the opposite, Brian. They go and they hit a part that you hear the story about the guy tried to hit and made a hundred thousand on the blah 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 parlay ticket. Why? Because he had dogs in there, right? So. He has dogs in that parlay, money line dogs in the parlay. What he's basically doing is he's only working with a 30% live field versus if you're playing the favorite, you're working with a 70% live field. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
How about when you're speaking to the clients regarding this kind of stuff, though? I mean, you... oh no, they want the lottery ticket. Yeah, right. They want the lottery ticket. So the whole thing is, is that if you can take a four hundred or a five hundred dollar favorite, and you can make that an forget getting a return greater, you can make that an even money return where you're risking a hundred dollars on a parlay to win a hundred dollars on the parlay, but now you're taking away the spread. That is a better bet than betting a hundred dollars on. You know the plus six hundred. Yeah, you're gonna get lucky. You're gonna hit him when you're gonna you're gonna hit him when the Spurs lose to the Knicks and they break their eighteen game losing streak. Sure, and you have the Spurs on the money line. Sure, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna hit hit the lottery. But you're talking about a thirty percent field. If I'm looking at it like a a field of horses, I have ten horses in this race, and I got I know that my edge is with the seven horses, not the three. I'm gonna want to pick from the seven. Does that make sense? Yeah, it might. Uh... Are you okay, bud? I mean, was it a punch to the gut uh, to find out that Johnny Menzel got cut by the Montreal Alouettes? <laughs> no. Um, look, the Browns actually did something right. I think they got rid of him, and they, they have Baker now. And Baker's partying on Instagram on, on an island with Saquon Barkley, and both their girlfriends are best friends, and they're just having a great time. And, look, it must be nice. But football season, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm a huge football fan. and I Do you watch the Combine? No, don't really get into it. I used to when I was younger. Don't really get into it as much. I'll maybe watch some highlights on Sports Center from time to time, but um, I used to obsessively watch it and think that it would help me in my fantasy drafting, but it really doesn't. But um, no, I wanted to talk about something. It just this has been such a a new occurrence over the last few months. Having guys in New Jersey, new clients that we obtained from New Jersey. They just become real players, and they get the whole business aspect of betting. You and you and John have you know you recorded your it's probably about six or seven years since you're recording a betting as a business video and the tutorial. Now these guys get it. They're not the guys that are running in the sports book every day putting money on a game. They get phone accounts just like in Las Vegas. They fund them properly. They know how to bet it correctly. At least they want to bet it correctly because they understand they're trying to bet as a business. It's not the old school way of just getting a credit line and just betting a you know a monopoly figure that's not a real cash value behind it. So these guys take it much more seriously and and see, become our best clients. And I think as the states all become legislated, where they one by one will start turning over. And the states, you know, because it's still New Jersey's the only state that has the phone accounts. So once the other sports books catch up and they start giving the ability for you to be able to just not have to walk in every time, because again, logistics and people don't have time to run into the sports book every single night, the ones that actually want to do this as a business, that's where you find guys that are going to listen to you and they're not looking for. I just want to put 75% of my bankroll on one individual game like John said earlier. To that end, they, John, let me just ask John then, what, everything Mike just said, uh, how many how many years have you been doing this now? Me, 31. There you go. All right, 31 years. Uh, is, is, it, is it easier to win people over to your way of thinking and that approach that we talk about, Mike was just alluding to, is it easier to win them over, or are people, or is it, is it, it's funny, I would think it would be easier, 
but it may be tougher because there's so much more information out there maybe that that you know people have a, uh, a sense no, of belief. so it's tougher not it's not tougher because there's more information out there it's tougher because the access to the information gives the new or old better alike a sense of security that they have what's in the toolbox that's for free out there that is that is um how can i say it is um it gives them a false sense of security that what they have access to freely which is information overload is actually going to give them an edge what they don't realize is the information they have access to if it's free and available to the general public by the time they receive it it's usually edged list. It's the old it's the old adage in, in the stock market, you know, you buy the rumor and you sell the news. By the time the news hits the news wire, it's already been baked into the line. So what I would say is the new technology is not that it makes it easier for people to win and it is is our competition. It's that psychologically they think because they can go order up a Don Best screen. They can go to scoresandodds.com. They can um, watch the line moves and the top ten bets and look at which way the public and the... They, it gives them just the false sense of security. And then when they try to do it, they don't get the results that they're looking for because that whole money management piece is taken out of the equation. And so you have this guy, he's sitting there, and he's got, it looks like a trading setup. He's got a computer with one screen with a Don Best screen on, one screen with ESPN on. He's got his fantasy league on another screen. He's sitting down. He feels like a, he feels like a sense of, like, wow, I got this. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm not going to have to go to work in the morning. And then he blows himself up, and then he comes and calls. Mike, is it just me? Uh, that was... Seriously, John was very Socratic there. That that was hmm. no, that was that was that was the word of the day. That was Socratic. That's the word of the day. That was impressive. Uh, Socratic it, thing it, from Socrates. Go ahead, I'm listening. Yeah, Socrates. Uh, right. It, but I mean, it, it was a filibuster that kind of summed up all of it. And but that that was very. I don't know, man. I mean, am I easily amused today? That was just pretty prolific to me. That was that was strong. Well, man. I mean, but you're, like, you're asking me a question. It's really the truth. I mean, look, you can go and listen to a million shows. When I say you, the the listeners can listen to a million shows talking about uh, angles and trends and what Maryland did the last time they played Penn State, laying one and a half on the road. Blah 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 blah. blah. The reality is, there's a science behind this. And if you don't believe that there's a science behind this, and if you believe it's luck, tell me how 4,482 games, there's a 10-game difference between the favorites and the dogs. If there's no science of line-making, remember, the difference between a gambler and a bookmaker is no difference. The difference is the bookmaker is the dartboard and the gamblers are throwing the darts. So why is it that if you're the dartboard and you're getting the darts thrown at you, you usually come up come out on top the bookmaker does not get to choose what the gambler plays when he walks up to the window or opens up his app the gambler gets to choose so that's the difference between a bookmaker other than that they're working on the same basis of 4482 games with a 10 game differential people when they hit losing streaks say it's impossible nobody can win well that's not true because I've just showed you with the math that you could literally just flip a coin and you're going to go 50-50 and lose VIG. The key is how do you use that to your advantage and not lose VIG and make money? Michael, he just went from Socrates to Plato. There you go. We're, we're covering he, all the bases today. Well, how many... What did, what's in your coffee today? 
I mean, I mean, that was like that was good. I mean, I, I just had a nice large cappuccino before I got on the air. I guess. Are you, are you still drinking? You still drinking heavy 30, cream? You still drinking thirty-seven Perriers a day? The San Pellegrino, yes, but they don't they don't pay for any sponsorship. So, eh. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. I, I just drank, I just had a full bottle before I got on the air as well. Yeah. Well, there you go. You're and I haven't eaten in thirty hours, but that's a whole other story. You're, hi- you're hydrated. Yes. I'll be in studio less than a month. Oh, what's less the, than a month? I, I cannot, the thirty-day countdown is on. It's going to be good to see you guys, and and, and, and you're funny, you know, uh, John. You're right with the the surgery. I haven't seen you in a long time. Right. But Michael's been what? It's been a good what year and a half, two years almost. So we're we're anxious to get you out here. And, and there's nothing like March Madness. It, it is truly, uh, it, it, those first two days. I don't even think it's a contest. I think those are the most enjoyable, fun sporting events. Uh, I mean, listen, Golden Knights games and all the things that go on here—they're—they're they're all, you know, in their own way. There's, uh, there's a lot of cool things to do, but there's just something about on an annual basis those 48 hours and the atmosphere and a buzz with everybody all focused on the same thing, and then the drama that plays out within the games with the David and Goliath stuff. Uh, morning, noon, and night for forty-eight hours. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. we're excited. We're here. We're rocking and rolling. All right, SportsInsiderRadio.com. Again, I, I, I'm just going to let you take us home, man. I mean, you, you've literally the masses are just standing there, you know, looking up and, and drooling listen, stop, at, at the stop, words listen, that are coming out of your mouth. Yeah, it's just simple. Stop betting. Start trading. Get rid of the emotion. Get rid of the poor money management. Get rid of the worrying about the micro. That means what's happening tonight, 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 tonight. And start being involved in, hey, where are you going to be in 30 days from now? What's your bankroll going to look like in 30 days from now? And, and you'll be fine. You'll come in from the outside. You'll come into the inside. You'll let us do the work, and we'll make you money. And you'll treat what? You're wagering as a business, not a losing hobby. No oh, man. He... <sighs> Michael, you have got a tough afternoon in front of you. How do you, how do you follow that act today? He's you he's don't. he's going to have the high pro glow and a real bounce in his step. Uh, <laughs> I'm I, I'm you know I'm not saying you don't you know bring it all the time, but uh, uh, that was I don't know, man. Are, are you going to start putting posters on the wall? Are you running for office? What that was that was impressive. I mean, I, I think I'll stay right where I'm at and fly back and forth to Vegas. Yeah, I know you like that. Boys, it's always a treat, and the hour flies by. SportsInsiderRadio.com, 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. Fellas, have a great week. We'll talk again next week. Yep, you got it. Bye-bye. The Vegas Board, Tuesday morning at 10 on AM 1400, KSHP North Las Vegas, and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. As Michael Cohen continues to testify on Capitol Hill, 
one of the things we learned is how we prepared for that testimony and who we met with. Take a listen to this exchange with Republican Congressman of Ohio, Jim Jordan. What did you talk to Mr. Schiff about? I spoke to Mr. Schiff about topics that were going to be raised at the upcoming hearing. Whoa. Not just what time to show up, actually what you're going to talk about? The gentleman's time expired. Wow. President Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un are continuing to hold talks in Hanoi. Former U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Bill Richardson tells Fox News the best way to negotiate with the North Koreans. In informal settings, at meals, uh, when they walk off together, they seem to have built a good rapport.